Good. Lord, we just thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the, the honor and the privilege to be in your house, God. Thank you for this space, God, that we can come, uh, Lord, and, and, and get warm from the cold, Lord, and just receive uh, strength from you, receive fresh word from you, receive uh, strength and vision for the future, Lord, in this house. And we thank you for everybody, Lord, who made the time and the effort to be here, who conquered the sheets and the pillows this morning, God. And we are here in your house ready to receive what you have for us. So, Lord, now we ask, God, that you would remove every distraction from our mind, open our spiritual ears, open our hearts, God, that we may receive your daily portion here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Before you take your seats, will you go with before you take your seats, would you go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5? 1 Peter chapter 5. And uh, we are we're so glad to be here. We're so glad uh, we get to be part of this series this morning, week three. And uh, don't get don't be quiet on me today. I know. Uh, y'all were quiet last week, and then now it's my turn to be quiet. Uh, I'm hurting just like you all. Uh, and I think we can all agree now the NFL is rigged. Amen? <laughs> Unless your team is still playing, then you don't believe it until after you they lose. Uh, but First uh, Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, it reads like this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Our key verse this morning is the next one. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while... Amen. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. And as Pastor John was saying, what an incredible two weeks we have had in this series so far. And I don't know about you, but I feel like Pastor John came out swinging for home runs uh, since the beginning of 2024. And, And I love it, right? I'm here for it because iron sharpens iron. And so we're all here to, uh, to, to learn. And, and so some of the messages, uh, I was thinking about this, some of the messages that you hear, sometimes they're like dessert, right? And it's like, oh, that was good. That's a good word, pastor. That was good. That was good word, doc, right? And then some, some messages are like vegetables. It'll upset your spiritual stomach, but it's good for you in the long run. So I don't know what, that's, what this message is for you today. For some of you, it might be a dessert. For others, it would be like vegetables. But nonetheless, uh, we hope that we serve you well this morning. So our topic this morning today is Reset. Obviously, that's our title, uh, the sermon series. But uh, the subtitle this morning is Clearing the Shelves. Clearing the Shelves. And our opening verse is too good uh, to not read it again. So I'll do just that. I'll just read the last verse. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. After you have suffered a while. Please keep the excitement down. Paul is saying, after you have suffered a while, like Peter is telling us up front, after you have suffer, suffered a while, he will, he will perfect, 
establish, strengthen, and settle you. So in case there was any doubt this morning, I wonder if when I become a follower of Jesus, if I will go through some hard times. The answer is unequivocally a resounding absolutely Y-E-S. Or for some of you that speak the trucker language, that's a big 10-4. Or affirmative, that's affirmative. But Peter is so kind that he doesn't stop there, right, on the not so good news, but he adds to the equation, like, if you will, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And this is an interesting topic because for some of us, reset, the idea or the topic of a reset is a good thing. And then for the other half, the, the reset or the idea of, of reset, uh, beginning again, is a negative thing. Uh, depending on what you've experienced in life, the idea of reset is either a positive or a negative thing. And most of the electronic gadgets nowadays have a reset button, right? You have to look for it, but there's a reset button on all of those. And, and when you press that button, it erases all the memory. Memory, right? Are you with me? And anything you have programmed, all your high scores and presets you had made will be erased if you press that reset button, right? Because that's what the reset button is for. It's wiping the slate clean and starting all over again. And again, for some of us, just hearing about the idea of starting all over again is not a good thing. And so the idea of starting over again can be frightening because it's as if all those years are going to waste. That they don't matter anymore because things have changed or maybe the, the company merged and now they do away with the old things. And now you feel like you're having to start all over again in your life. And, and if there are a lot of unknown variables, it makes it that much more frightening. Right? But I hope that you aren't afraid of the reset or the idea of resetting or beginning again. But I thought about how the concept of, of a reset is so much harder than we give it at face value. So I don't know about your childhood, but, when, but for us in the Martinez household, okay, we didn't have the Sega Genesis. Okay, we just had the Nintendo. That's all we had. Okay? And because we are Martinez's, and therefore by default, we are competitive Right? That's just, if you're Martinez, you're competitive. That's just the way it is. And so we use the reset button as a threat. Okay? Stay with me. I may or may not have been the one to start this trend in our house. I cannot confirm or deny. And so my older sister and I would take turns playing Mario Brothers. Any Mario Brothers fans in the house? Okay, there we go. And so once you died in the game, of course, it was the next person's turn, right? But if I saw that my sister was about to go further than me, I would immediately go to the, the, the Nintendo console and threaten to push the reset button. I could not let her beat me. I'm the man. And, and I couldn't let her go further than me, right? And if she didn't die in the game and she would be about to pass where I died in the game, I would push the reset button, but I would leave it pressed, right? Which meant all I had to do was release my finger, and the game would start all over again, okay? And by the way, she did that to me as well, so there's that, okay? I don't want you to think that Pastor Izzy is some kind of monster. No, she did it to me too. And it's also because the duplex, amen, the duplex that we lived in had those wooden floors, and because the Nintendo had seen better days, it didn't take much for our Nintendo to mess up, okay? Stay with me. Sometimes all it took was for you to jump nearby where the Nintendo console was, and it would reset the, the Nintendo. So sometimes the threat wasn't even, I'm going to push it. The threat was like, that's it. <laughs> and it's, I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it, sister. It wasn't me. 
here's, here's what I, I finally understood years later. Well, I'll say this. Because of the trauma, <laughs> because of the trauma that I experienced with Nintendo and the reset button, I always had a negative perception of that concept or the idea of starting all over again, the idea of resetting or beginning again. And so here's what I finally understood years later. That the moment you, you choose to reset, you are moving away, moving forward from those high scores and past accomplishments. And it also means you're moving forward from the low scores and the past failures. It's not either or, it's both. And so there's no getting those back. And, and maybe you're thinking, me, begin again, begin something new at this age? For what? It's, it's past my prime. I, my, my best days are behind me. And, and if that's your thinking, then let's talk about Moses this morning. Let's talk about Moses. Moses, we can narrow it down to it. He left Egypt as a coward but he came back as a deliverer. Or we could say he left as a murderer, but he came back a deliverer. See, the calling was the same, but the manifestation of the calling was different. Meaning, while in Egypt, he was being prepared to be a deliverer. He just didn't know it yet. He didn't know it would cost him 40 years on the backside of a desert, miles away from what he was used to. He thought that taking justice into his own hand was the way God was going to use him to deliver his people. And boy, was he wrong, wasn't he? And some of you have a calling over your life. And maybe you've taken matters into your own hands, thinking just like Moses did, ah, this is how God is going to use me. But, but I need to make you aware that that could be the case or it could not be the case. It's the same calling. It's just a different manifestation of it. It may look different than what you think, but rest assured he has called you to it. I'll say it this way. At one point, you were a player on the field, and now maybe you're, you're called to be a coach. Does that make sense? At one point, you were a player on the field, but now maybe you're called to be a coach. You think of Saul and Paul, that interaction, that experience that he had in that moment. Something new began in his life that changed the rest of his life. So I thought about how many go through life reminiscing about those high scores and accomplishments that we carry uh, those with us because that season or that time of our lives made us feel like champions. And we make those high scores the, 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 the zenith, right, of our life. I, I don't know about uh, your upbringing, but back in the day, they gave out trophies in school for certain accomplishments. And I remember receiving a good amount and as well as my older sister did. And, and my mom had some shelves that were reserved for all of our accomplishments and our trophies would occupy most of those shelves. And so every time we had visitors, right, it was hard to not see those shelves of all of our glorious accomplishments. And as any proud parent would do, of course, they would talk about the trophies and as if the visitors had never seen a trophy in their life, right, or much less held one in their hands. And mom would go and get the biggest plaque or the trophy, like, mira, mijo, he did this and he did that. And, you know, it was, it was embarrassing for us because we didn't want to talk about it like, Here's why. Some of the trophies were for perfect attendance in elementary school. Who wants to have a full conversation about how your kids had perfect attendance? No one. But mom did. <laughs> and dad did. And see, those trophies were a reminder of what we had accomplished. Trophies and plaques sitting on shelves reminding us of our high scores. Are you with me? And so the day came when we were moving from a duplex into a house. Glory be to God. Moving on up. 
And mom was there packing all of our past accomplishments from, with care in a separate box, carefully wrapping them in bubble wrap and placing them ever so gently in a box labeled trophies. And so we get to the new house and obviously we, we get to the day where we're unpacking and the day comes that we get to that special box and part of me was like, oh, here we go again. I'm in high school already and these trophies are for ele- from elementary, like, yeah. They've seen better days. Leave them in the box. But my dad, being the wise man that he is, he got the family real quick for a quick meeting and told my sister and myself that those trophies were going to remain in that box, okay? That he was going to have shelves put up, put up somewhere in the house, but that those shelves would be empty until we were able to accomplish new things and better things. Okay. It was a challenge for us whether those shelves would remain empty or begin to be filled up with new accomplishments. Isn't it the same with us? The great things that we have accomplished in the past, that, that we hold on to them, and, and they're the topic of our conversation, but everything we talk about is in the past. We hear ourselves saying things like, I remember when I used to. I remember when we had this or that. Those were some good times. And listen, they were good times. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to reminisce of those days. What I am saying is if our language is in past tense and yet we have life now, then we have stopped living for the future and we have shelves full of past accomplishments and successes. We have turned our lives into a museum. Are you with me? And maybe the fear that many of us face is that perhaps we may not get to experience victories like that before anymore. We may never get to experience joy like we did before. We may never get to experience love like we did before. We, We won't feel like champions anymore because maybe we will never get those opportunities again. And so we hold off on the reset because then our highlight moments will be forgotten, and if those highlight moments are forgotten, then how will they remember me? Because my identity is tied to what I have accomplished, the trophies on the shelves that are filled with past accomplishments. Because by pushing the reset, there is no recollection of your past high scores and accomplishments. And sometimes it's not the failures that stop us from stepping into something new, is it? Sometimes it's the victories and the successes we have had that stop us from stepping into something new because they may not measure up to the success of the past. And so we settle for what was. Many of us would like to redo 2023. Many of us would like to redo 2022. Many of us would like to redo 2021, and many of us would especially like to redo 2020 because we weren't ready for what was going to happen. And now it's like, okay, I have an idea at least, and I'll be better prepared for it this time. And on the other hand, there are those that don't want anything to do with the past because of the pain and losses they have experienced. But have you considered that sometimes we learn more from a loss than we do in a win? Let's go back to the story of Moses. 40 years from when he left to when he would return, that's a long time. But you know what was happening to Moses during that time? His life was going through a reset season. 
Moses had learned the ways of Egypt. He grew up in the palace, had the best education Egypt had to offer. He dressed like an Egyptian. He knew the language and the lingo, but the problem was he wasn't an Egyptian. He was a Hebrew boy. And so Moses goes through this, the recent season of his life, and now he has to start all over. He went from riches to rags <laughs> instead of from rags to riches. But don't feel sorry for Moses because you see the story doesn't end there. Moses accepts, accepts the task and fulfills the mission that God gave him. And because of his faithfulness, even though Moses had a few hiccups along the way, he always made things right. He went from riches to rags to righteous. Riches to rags to righteous. It's clearing the shelves clearing the shelves, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while, please keep the excitement down, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And the word perfect comes from the same root word that means to reset, so I'll say it this way, he will reset you establish you, strengthen you, settle you. He will reset you, establish you, strengthen you, settle you. What an incredible way to begin again. He will reset you, bring you back to the original state to where all things are pure. He will not only forget the high scores, but the low scores as well. He will turn the page and start something new in your life. He will establish you. He will make sure that you have what you need for what you are called for. He will do the marketing. You just make sure you're faithful to the call. He'll take care of the finances. You just make sure you're faithful to the call. He'll take care of your reputation. You just make sure you're faithful to the call. He'll take care of the networking. You just make sure you're faithful to the call. He will strengthen you. He'll give you faith for the journey. He'll give you friends for the journey, and he'll give you fire, passion for the journey, and he will settle you. He will give you a new address so he knows where to send the new things, and it won't get lost in the mail. He'll give you a new address so he knows where to send the new things priority, the things he has in store for you. He will set anchors and pillars so when the trials come and the setbacks come, you can rest at night knowing he has you in the palm of his hands. He has you in the palm of his hands. In this life, it's all about who you were and what you accomplished in the past. But what makes this gospel different and beautiful is that the Bible tells us that we go from glory to Glory, that the, 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 that the deep calls out to deep. There is this theme of progressive happenings. It's this progressive growth, which means that just when we think we have made it or accomplished something great, God says, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. That if our accomplishments in the past were ones to remember, imagine what God is now calling you to step into. Imagine the future God has for you that he is willing to preserve you through the hills and the valleys that you have gone through. Imagine the future God has for you that he was willing to preserve you through the hills and the valleys you have gone through. 
Let that settle in your spirit this morning. God has preserved you and I to do his will. See, we didn't overcome the things we have overcome by chance or because we got lucky. No, God's hand has been all over your life. And now we sit here, we stand here in this moment in time, and we get to decide for ourselves, do we settle for what has happened in the past or do we take the challenge and say, I'm moving forward. And if you have preserved me, protected me, kept me, and those around me for a reason, then the future must be better than my past. Someone once said, the most dangerous place to be is where God used to be. The most dangerous place to be is where God used to be. We were never meant to be walking museums. We are meant to be living moments. We shouldn't be like, or even in our churches, shouldn't be museums like, oh, this is where the Holy Spirit moved right here in this place. And if you look to the right, this is where this sister prayed and she received her healing. No, they're not, it's not a museum. <laughs> We're supposed to be living moments that if God was healed back then, he's healing now. That if God restored somebody back then, he's doing it now, today, in the present, not past tense. It's not, uh, it's not trophies and accomplishments on the shelves. No, it's happening here and now. The most dangerous place to be is where God used to be. As I draw to a close this morning, maybe, maybe today we, we empty out the shelves of what was. Maybe. The choice is yours. And we create space for what is to come. Maybe today we empty out the shelves of what was. And we create space for what is to come. And listen, it's okay if your future looks different from the past. It's okay. Your ministry might look different, but that's okay. It really is. Your calling might be in a different area at this stage of your life, but that's okay. God, what God wants to do is to create something new in your life. Don't be afraid of the new thing. Don't be afraid of resetting. It's not a threat. <laughs> He's not there saying, you better not pass me. You better not have more success than last time because I'm going to press that reset button. I'm going to jump. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to begin again. A new beginning awaits you. And it can be the best years of your life. I'll say it this way. If he has preserved you, there's a plan for you. If he has preserved you, there's a plan for you. And you're probably tired of hearing my story, but you're going to hear it again. <laughs> I was done with ministry before I headed out here. I had closed that chapter in my life. I really had. I had made peace with it. it. Took me a whole year before I left San Antonio to come here. It took me a whole year to finally be mentally ready. I said, okay, I'm done with ministry. God, if I preach my last message, I'm good with that. Will I miss it? Yeah, of course, absolutely. But I'm done. I was done. My shelves were, were filled with past accomplishments in ministry. And I was content with that. It wasn't much, but I was content with that. And so when I came here to West Texas nine years ago, for me, it was all about finances for me now. I was living with my roommate, roommates, a.k.a. my parents. <laughs> I was between the ages of 20 and 30. 
I was like, what am I doing? Where's my life? Where am I going? I'm done. I'm done. It's all about me now, God. And so I came with the plan, the grand master plan. And this was my plan. I'm going to work three to four years straight. That's all I'm focusing on. And then I'm going to go back with two Brinks trucks following me back to the two window. (laughs) Or maybe just one Brink truck. But that was my plan. I'm coming here for my finances. Three or four years. That's it. Straight. Nothing else. I'm, I'm focused. It's all about my finances. It was all about me now, God. And wouldn't you know that the moment I got here, nothing, absolutely nothing went according to my plan. <laughs> I was here for my finances. And God said, that's cute, Izzy. But what I have you here for is to increase your faith. Yeah. And if I could tell you everything that we have journeyed through these past nine years, I can with boldness and confidence say finances would not have helped me through the journey. (laughs) I didn't need finances for the journey. I needed faith for the journey. And there have, been more, there have been more moments in our lives that needed faith instead of finances. Because there are some things that cannot be purchased with finances. You need faith for that transaction. I'm going to say that again. There are some things that cannot be purchased with finances. You need faith for that type of transaction. There are some things that, you cannot, that cannot be purchased with finances. You need faith for that transaction. And Peter says, after you have suffered a while, gee, thanks, Peter, he will perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. He will reset you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Reset, establish, strengthen, settle. Reset, establish, strengthen, settle. Reset, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And when I was done with ministry for the second time, (laughs) two and a half years ago, God led us to 914 North Texas Avenue. (laughs) God was saying, hey, Israel, clear the shelves. You got to clear the shelves. Like some of you, I do face those moments where fear creeps in and I think to myself, if God will still use me like he did before or even more, or if I will see good days ahead in my future. And in 1 Corinthians 2.9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So I just want to speak life into someone that thinks that their best days are behind him. No no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for you. I just want to speak life into someone that feels like God wouldn't dare use someone like you with the history that you have to you today God
God says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those that love him. I just want to speak life into someone that has closed that chapter of believing in God and anything church related. And the only reason you're here today is to say your goodbyes to you today. God says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those that love him. I just want to speak life into your home that all of a sudden from one day to the next everything seems to be going wrong and the enemy has been messing with your thoughts and your mind to you today God says no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for you after you have suffered a while <laughs> tell your neighbor after you have suffered a while I'll go ahead tell your neighbor after you have suffered a while he will reset you, establish you, strengthen you, settle you. He will reset you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. See, at this point, if God were to ask me, Israel, to clear the shelves again, I would do it. Because that means new accomplishments are around the corner. May we all get to a place that if God were to ask you to clear the shelves, you would do it without second guessing because now you know that means that new accomplishments must be around the corner. Okay. Impact City Church. Impact City Church, God has indeed done great things in this house. God has preserved this house all these years and the shelves are full of past accomplishments. So what if 2024, this year, we clear the shelves because as Pastor John has declared, he will do more in 2024. So clear the shelves, Impact City Church. Clear the shelves, clear the shelves, clear the shelves. There is more coming to you no eye has seen no ear has heard and no mind has imagined the things that God has for you no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has imagined the things that God has for you no eye has seen no ear has heard and no mind has imagined the things that God has for you and no eye has seen no ear has heard and no mind has imagined the things that God has for you So the reset isn't a threat. The reset doesn't carry this negative perception or negative connotation. No. The reset is saying, hey, I have more for you. I just need you to clear the shelves. Clear the shelves. You're not a museum. You're living moments. And if he has preserved you to now, he still has a plan for you. I know that sounds churchy. 
but I hope that you believe it, that if he has preserved you through the hills and the valleys, the betrayals, the setback, the losses, the pain, he still has a plan for you. He will. He will be the one to reset you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. So Lord, today, we take that bold step, Lord, and we clear the shelves of the past accomplishments. They were great, good memories and everything, but we clear the shelves to make room for what you are about to do now. We won't be afraid to begin again, even if our, our ministry or our calling looks different than before. We won't be afraid, God, but that we'll step into it knowing that if you have kept us, if you have preserved us till now, then you still have a plan for us. And we won't settle for what was. We won't settle for the high scores or even the low scores. But we choose to reset, have a reset moment in our lives today, Lord, and begin again with your grace and your mercy leading us through. So today, all of us here this morning, we clear the shelves. For some, we're just like pushing everything off the shelf. And for some of us, we're going one by one. And that's okay. You might need a little bit more time, but clear the shelves. Because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand praise this morning?